Royals and Ghouls. Lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! Yo, it's a Boo Crew Podcast, episode 18. First things first, if you are in or planning on being in the Southern California area, the Boo Crew is going to be at Midsummer Scream July 28th and 29th in Long Beach. Tickets at midsummerscream.org. We join hundreds of horror and Halloween exhibitors, immersive experiences, haunted attractions, and more. We'll have some screen use props from your favorite horror films on display, Boo Crew shirts, swag, and our smiling faces. <laughs> Now to the episode. We are joined by the purveyor of one of the most popular horror apparel brands around. That's just absolutely blown up recently. People like Rob Zombie and Elvira are fans and collaborators. He is the local boogeyman. And reveal the origin of the boogeyman. Find out how he got started, what goes into his amazing creations from the design to the unique photo shoots and his involvement in Rob's new upcoming film, Three from Hell. And looky here, the Boo Crew grabs an entire row at the movie theater. You know, the one, the first row, the second section with all the leg room. Yeah, that's us. Watching the movie everyone is talking about a quaint little family film called Hereditary. This picture, truly one of the most unusual ever films. The Boo Crew, the freshest cuts of new stuff. Here's Sweet Screams. Warning! Just wanted to interject and say if you haven't seen Hereditary, as soon as we give the warning for spoiler alert, and you won't miss that, they come fast and plenty. Please don't let us ruin this amazing experience for you. And jump ahead to about 27 minutes in on the episode and catch up with our interview with local boogeyman. That said... Hereditary, written and directed by Ari Aster. His feature-length debut, shot in 2017 in Utah, premiering January 21st, 2018 at Sundance, released wide in the U.S. June 8th, made for $10 bucks, bringing in $13.6 opening weekend, the best ever opening for an A24 film. Those include The Witch and It Comes at Night. Stars Tony Collette, Alex Wolf, Millie Shapiro, and Gabriel Byrne as a family who seems to be haunted by secrets and a sinister fate they might have inherited after the death of their mysterious grandmother. There's a lot of hype for this movie referred to as this generation's The Exorcist and almost too scary. We're going to talk about our experience and unravel some of the secrets of the film if you have seen it. All right, guys, let's rip this fucker apart. (laughs) I loved it. You got to explain your ratings model. I have two numbers, really. If I recommend you to see it in the cinema, it's an 80 up. Right. If I suggest you stay home and don't go to the cinema and save your money and maybe watch it on Netflix, it's a 79 down. I gave the movie an 83, which means I really dug it, which means go spend your money and go to the cinema. I agree. It was a very, very good movie. I loved it. Now, you have said when you walk into a movie, it always starts at 100. A horror movie. Particularly horror movie and like hard sci-fi. I'm already going to give you the benefit of the doubt. So in this particular instance, when did it start dropping into the 80s? That's a good question. Well, let's, let's all weigh in on it. I don't want to take over this thing. Right. No, I because I agree with I agree with the eighty three. I'd maybe give it an eighty. Austin, you had said I think I said eighty seven. Eighty seven. I stand by it. Although I think the film has a ton of flaws. The things that are great about the film, which we'll get into, I become more forgiving for the flaws for the sake of the parts I really, really thought were great. But there's a, there's a bunch of flaws. This movie you mentioned, The Exorcist comparison. 
this movie comes in with a lot of hype and I think that's a shame because it's hyping a different movie than what this movie is. I yeah. think I know why they compared it to The Exorcist. I think it's the pacing. I agree. It's a slow burn and there's a pacing and they're like, okay, there's something weird. There's something creepier and then it just progresses. You're watching a family drama and then it becomes something else. That's, I think, the comparison. I don't think it was for the scare factor. I mean, it could be, but I think it was more about the pacing. So I think it's because it's a drama horror. It's an art house horror movie. Right. This got a, a cinema score of D plus. Yeah. I meaning the audiences didn't like it. And I think that's because it's selling the wrong movie. It's way overhyped. There's not as many people giving a score in the 80s. Adding to the hype machine, A24, the film company, actually did a heart rate challenge on this movie where they had 20 people selected and they put on Apple iWatches, put them at promotional screenings at 11 Alamo Drafthouse theaters. And the average human heart rate should be around 60 to 100 at any given moment. The people watching the film, their heart rate was going up to 164 and staying there. Just just, just being there in the movie. I believe it. There's a lot of moments where I was like holding my breath a little bit. The film had that ebb and flow where it was like intense, a little bit not intense, and then intense. (laughs) I liked that it was kind of a slow burn because it got you into knowing who the characters were, the backstory, and just you were just really invested in it because you spent time learning about these people. And I thought it was interesting. And then when shit went down, <laughs> just, yeah, you know, I, like I have to, I agree with that completely because I think the movie had to be a slow burn because it's misdirection. Yeah, yeah. there's a little bit of a magic trick going on with this movie for sure. Yeah. From the trailer, like, you know, Tim said, Amy, you know, watched the trailer and I was like, all right, it's about the weird little girl. She inherited something from her grandma, I know. Yeah, but it, it was an ensemble. The whole cast was fantastic. They oh, were yeah. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Really cool. There were moments it was as good as it gets as a horror movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert, boils and ghouls. Please fast forward to about 27 minutes in to catch up with local boogeyman. Yeah. Right, like oh, guaranteed. Yeah. When, yes. when, when the sister has the chocolate at the party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Shit. An anaphylactic onset. And the brother has to get her out of the party. He's driving 100 miles an hour down that country road. That whole scene was intense. It yeah. was. It was masterful. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe, man. A spoiler alert, right? Yeah. yeah. We're in it. You know, yeah, we're, we we're don't deep know, in we it. We don't know. She, she can't breathe. And he's, he's looking back and he's like, hang in there. I'm going to the hospital. She opens up the window. Her head, she's hanging out the window. And the brother's losing control of the car. And then she hits a pole. And you don't really know. We think we know what happened. We think she got her head smashed pretty bad. But right. we don't know. He goes home. He parks the car. He goes to bed. They stay on him, right? I and mean, that's a heavy scene. You hear the mom go outside. They're still on him, right? In the morning, yeah. yeah that's right. Her, the camera never leaves him, never right? Never leaves him. Yeah. She, she says, bye. I'm going. You hear her get, open the car door, and then you hear start screaming, and they stay on the brother. And then they cut to the sister's head in a field. And she has real ants on her. <laughs> yeah. She decapitated, obviously, and there's her head there. And there are ants crawling on her, on her face. And they're real ants. And I know this because the Boo Crew... Stay to the, and watch the credits. Yes. <laughs> and the credits. There's Ant Wrangler. <laughs> which we should have Ant Wrangler on the show. Lauren, can we book Ant Wrangler? Yes, yes, I'm on it. I'm going now. Right, now that's Lauren's sticking out of the box. Yes. Yes. Ant on the show. Because that Ant Wrangler brought it. Yes. <laughs> Not once, but two times. <laughs> yeah, but because you have to admit, like we sometimes we forget, like that was a heavy. V sequence. Yeah. yeah. You rarely totally. seen a horror movie. Oh, no. yeah. Like, it was powerful. And when they cut to the, the sister's head, I was like this biggest pop from the crowd I've ever probably heard, ever. And I've been going to, you know, scary movies my entire life. And that was an incredible moment. If it had any problems for me, I could have been maybe a little shorter. I, I agree. Like, yeah. my, my, my movies would be an hour and a half, you know. 
I think it was originally three hours. It was. But I I really loved it. But that 83 means I loved it. It It's an incredible movie. I'll tell you, man, that scene, though, when that car accident happens and he stops and the camera is just on him for like fucking five minutes. He's trying to look back, but he doesn't want to look back. He's trying to look in the rear view mirror. He doesn't look in the mirror. And you're like, holy shit, the camera's going to pan. It's going to show. It's going to show it. And it, it doesn't. But dude, you feel like there's anxiety because you're like, something happened to that girl, to his sister. Yeah. But you don't know what. Fuck. I felt, I was, dude, I was so uneasy at that scene, man. I, like, I, I couldn't breathe. I was like, uh, oh, shit. And, yeah, and the pacing was great on that scene. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't, yeah. It's like a, like a masterpiece. Yep. And the way the actor Alex Wolf plays shock. Like for real, yeah, and all the way up to walking upstairs, going yeah. home. You know, it's just that yeah, that whole great. thing. The whole cast was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Really, there's a weak link in that cast. A couple things about Alex Wolf's performance: the kids were in method the entire time on set. The director would send them out on excursions when they weren't filming, with instructions to Millie, who plays his sister Charlie, to not talk. He would get Alex to drag her around town and go to certain places, but would get them lost. On purpose. Oh, wow. <laughs> Millie would embarrass Alex in public, so there was this tension building the whole time between the two, naturally. And then Alex kept a bottle of balsamic vinegar in his trailer. And before some of the more intense scenes, he would take like five swigs of the balsamic vinegar. So he was nauseous in almost every scene, trying to stop from vomiting. In doing that, was able to develop this uncomfortable look throughout the whole movie Damn. because he was feeling really honestly sick. Wow. Which is crazy. And then yeah, Lauren, you said crazy. that he... Oh, then he had post-traumatic stress from the role. Wow. It just impacted him that much. I believe And everything yeah. he went through. Which I totally get. Yeah. He went through a lot. Yeah, he did. (laughs) The movie was three hours long. The original cut had 30 more scenes that we haven't seen. From what I understand, those scenes are not the horror scenes. Those are only the scenes that dealing with the grief and trying to like the the everyday life kind of, you know, dealing with with the the sister. The Netflix scenes. We were talking about like, I really love the backstory. I loved all that we didn't know about that we were finding out about. This movie was very well done and I can't wait to see more. What makes a great movie is the fact that we talk about, think about it forever. Right. Right. Like for days. I don't know about you guys, but I was thinking about this movie. We were texting back and forth. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Two nightmares. Two nightmares. Did you really? Two. Yes. I want to hear about that. Because my my thinking, like, that's one of the reasons why I'm so forgiving of the things that were, I think it had giant flaws. And the flaws were, there's like scene specific flaws. For example, he's going to the party and she says, take your sister. And he says, okay. Like, there's no tension in that scene. It was just so, like, we need you to do this so that we can have the post-party scene. There's these like plotless, tensionless things that were just like, well, we need to get her at the party, so how do we do that? We'll just do it. Okay, fine. And that right. didn't make sense. There's yeah. there's like a handful of scenes like that that would have made my number go way down normally. The other side of it is that backstory that you're talking about is the world building of this film. Like you can unpack how this family got to this point for hours and it's all in there. The fact that they've been trying to raise a, one of the seven kings of hell for generations. And this is the first option that they finally had. And that's why, you know, one thing I love about good stories and good world building is, why are we watching this story at this time? And it's because the grandmother, I guess she was the leader of the cult. And this cult has been trying to raise this god. The grandmother's son committed suicide because he was hated that she kept trying to put people in him. Her husband died from starvation. All of the men, Joni, her friend, Joni's father and grand, or son and grandson both died. All of the men in this cult. If this was a comedy, I could see the cult go, oh, god damn it. 
Like, okay, we have a boy. We're going to put him in the boy. Right. The boy down. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so they keep going until they finally get Charlie. And that's another question. Like, was Charlie ever herself or was from birth, was she always King Paimon? She was always weird. Like, she wasn't she was, like, I think a normal, she was, typical right. kid with that bird and... Like, she was just doing evil stuff and kind of going through the motions, but not... I mean, I have kids, and they're crazy, and there's no... She was a different kind of crazy. Well, the interesting thing <laughs> yeah. Leo brought up is they bring up the model, the grandma's breastfeeding. Right. Who later is Charlie, right? Right. And that's a good point. Is that when they were able to put King Paimon into Charlie? Right. Was that part of a ritual? Right. I'm assuming that's probably. Yeah. Because they avoided Peter. Tony Collette's character wouldn't let them have Peter the boy. So then he was saved. But then Charlie, whose full name is Charles, grandma wanted me to be a boy. And the creepiest thing, if you start thinking about it, when Charlie says, who's going to protect me now? That's King Paimon talking about the grandmother yeah. protecting his soul inside of this little girl's body. Fucking creepy as hell. This movie's so creepy. So was the only time that we really heard Charlie when she was going through the mother? I think so. I think that was the yeah. only, that was the real Charlie. Because that sounded like a real kid. That was her soul that had been displaced. Yes. That's creepy as fuck he's creepy as fuck and I mean that's to me that's why I give it an 80 it does have that art house quality to it sure but I think it did just a good enough job of kind of riding that line of using things that art house films usually do obscuring the plot a little bit using cool camera shots and leaving a lot to interpretation and discovery but it wasn't completely alienating you could follow the basic idea and then get to go home and do some detective work and discovery and find out little things that were hidden and we were on board like the first shot everyone's on board yeah like like that was amazing the dna of the film Mm -hmm. yeah was we were on board like totally that opening shot dollhouse turned into the sun's room was awesome i haven't seen anything quite like that it's a very original take and the way they did the ghosts was really original yeah, to me yeah too. the ghosts are really good they're really creepy yeah. yeah my takeaway from it and this is i don't know it's it's tough because i did really like it i didn't get the same feeling that i would from watching a movie i'd give like a 90 like paranormal activity for me where i leave i'm feeling really elevated and paranoid but it's also fun in, in the sense like boo you know kind of fun right and you yep. go home and go is there something behind the door but it's kind of fun this to me it was like that that's what brought me down so yeah. i took some numbers off for that because yeah, it just yeah. left me with a feeling that wasn't the greatest because when it comes down to it the movie also has that subplot of well i mean it's not really a subplot but it's about dealing with grief and inherited grief and inherited inherited trauma they've even scientists have even said that trauma is passed down in families through your dna yeah yeah which is wild there's a way of looking at the movie where you take all the horror and cult out of it and is it really about mental illness and grief and that's where i think that opening shot you can read it this way. I still think the cult is the story. Right. But there's a way that's interesting to look at it where that opening shot where we're going into her house, like she's created a model of their house and we go into the house and the first scene is the father and son. In a way, we're possibly inside the art that she builds to deal with her trauma the entire time. The score, scored by Colin Stetson, mm. who's an avant-garde saxophonist. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Random. And he's worked yeah. with the Arcade Fire and Tom Waits. And his mandate given to him by the director was to write music that felt evil. So what he did was abandoned any sense of nostalgia and saw the score as a character in the movie and tried to avoid using things like strings and creepy drums. And almost everything you hear is either a wind instrument or his mouth. Oh. That's interesting. When he did use strings, he tried to make it sound like bats. Yeah, that the best it. music, you don't know what's happening. It's just there. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, that's creepy. But yeah, I love the music. The music was incredible. Yeah. yeah. It added to the tension. The director, Ari Aster, this movie, said, there's one sequence in the movie. I want to go back and watch this specifically for this. He said there's 15 consecutive minutes in the movie where you get a specific unsettling sound and he says you almost can't hear it he didn't say what it was but if i mean if i have to guess it's a very low frequency effect like a rumble or something but he says it just adds anxiety you know what i'm saying it's like you don't hear it but you feel it crazy i still don't understand how the grandma breastfed that baby how does she have milk well, good questions matter. like a lot of it was written by a man okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. there we go i'm like it's hard enough for women to breastfeed now you've got this old lady well right. praying and cults and they they had all the pictures of the family up in the attic where they were doing their weird rituals and things yeah maybe there's a ritual she's got to get like a breast milk jewelry of that little <laughs> emblem <laughs> wear it <laughs> perfect <laughs> Can we talk about the uh, chalkboard seance scene? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how terrible that was. You didn't like it. <laughs> no. Which, uh, you, the one at, uh, what's her face's house? Yeah. What's Joni's. Joni's. Joni's house. Yeah. I, I love you, Grandma. <laughs> when she's Grandma. contacting yeah. her son. Yeah. Like, we get it. Do we need to see I love you, Grandma, written out the entire time? Right? When the chalk moves. Right, right. It was scary when that glass moved. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. That was good. But you had me at that. And the wind in her face. Yeah, that was right. great. I think uh, it was just like it added that then, level, right? Yeah, but then to just get her feeling, to leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's the thing, though. Was that scene really for you or was it for the I, mom? I was trying to sell the she's mom. She's already in the movie. I paid money. Get <laughs> 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 a free magic show, man. She was in well, it already. I kind of liked how it <laughs> went from the glass to like, holy shit, to then it goes to the chalk and she's like, I'm fucking out of here now. But how much cooler would it have been if we only saw her reaction, fa- face yeah. of her reaction? Oh, interesting. And not oh, the chalk, right? interesting. Because yeah. I have to say, right. a little bit of like the chalk and even the drawing. I felt a little bit like Harry Potter. Like it was a little bit like all of a sudden it starts to draw. Like, magic, you know, I was a little bit like if it was just her reaction, I would have felt it would have been a little more scary. Because like after I saw that, I was a little bit like that. You know, like that happens in Wizard World. Well, that's you know? true. Yeah. So you would have thought just a shot of the chalkboard, go to the mom, yeah. you hear a sound, hear and the, the mom's sound. just like, yeah. oh my God. And then cut back to, I love you, grandma. But when the, yeah, yeah. But, but we can't, really, like, one of my problems when I see a scary movie and we go, we talk out and people go, oh, I wasn't scared. And I was like sitting next to you and you go, you jumped. <laughs> that glass moved. Yeah, the glass moved. Yes. That, the glass yeah. moved. Yeah. was amazing. I totally jumped. agree. Yes. And the hair. And then the yeah. hair blow. The hair, yeah. That's it. That scared me. Cut to her jumping up from the table saying, I'm leaving and yeah. then she said there's another plot thing that was annoying is well here take this seance and say it at home for some reason right just say this weird <laughs> give it the page yeah. or the weird latin what or whatever it was that? yeah 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 the demon and words gabriel bird later going what language is that even yeah like, yeah it's on the other side he didn't see that fucking piece of paper <laughs> wow, so stupid why did he have to say that all you need to say is what the fuck is that screw this right yeah, so there's a few moments like that. Maybe in the three-hour version, the language meant something. It's just in the language. Just say it phonetically. That's all she has to say is, 
take this home safe in it or just stuff it in her bag like the it's probably too late for notes but <laughs> <laughs> but it could good, be a good a, way, a good way to do it so she so the glass moves cuz that was a great jump scare yeah. the glass yeah. moves the, the thing blows in her face she jumps up she leaves and Joni's on a mission right they slipped that séance thing in the mail slot and obviously it didn't take, so Joni had to create this whole fake thing. <laughs> right, of like, right. I went to this amazing, so you know, she right. dupes her into it because right. they need her, Tony Collette, to say the incantation in the house when everyone's home so that demon guy can come. So that all the craziness that happens later can happen. Did you catch that there were two spells? No. Ah, see, one of them was off camera. You hear her saying it. Or yeah, but is that, is that uh, different? I believe so. I Ooh. believe one... Why would that be different? I believe one is to release the demon. I believe the one was to, to release the, the demon. Uh, I'm sorry. One was to uh, conjure the demon, and the second one was, I think, to bring him into the sun or something, or, 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 to, or to bring him into her. Or, so That's even like more two. complicated than it needed to be. All you needed to do is have her, the thing blows in her face, she freaks out, she tries to run, Joni just says, well, why don't you just take this just in case and shove her out the door, rather than trying to convince her to take it, which she does. She doesn't need to. Just shove it in her purse and push her out the door, because then the idea is going to stick in her mind, which it did, and then she gets up in the middle of the night and does the incantation in the bathroom, which is cool. And then everything else from there kind of, you know, with some exception, the Gabriel Byrne, what language is that, doesn't matter. The fact that, like, the the little language things written on on the wall, someone... I saw online said that one of them was Hebrew. Yes. For uh, the one, those two words, the second word is pandemonium and the first word uh, yeah. was... It's a lift touch. Yeah. That was Hebrew for release, I think. Yeah, release pandemonium. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. all actually real words used in demonology and summoning That's demons. Like, the director actually freaked himself out. <laughs> he said, like, <laughs> having to look all this stuff up because he wanted it to be genuine. Who do you think did it? Mom? That's a good question. Like, it also doesn't really, it leaves you wondering, how much did the mom really know about yeah. what the grandma was up to? Was it the mom writing those things? Right. In the beginning, she takes that spirituality book. Yeah. That yes. has a message from her mom about yeah. sacrifices. I want to know what that note is uh, yeah, again. Yeah, I want to reread that. Because it was like an appalling, like, you understand or, you know yeah something like that it's like the sacrifices were necessary or something like that or, or yeah something yeah but yeah the four words by the way satany pandemonium lift touch and zazas apparently zazas shows up in ouija board cult activity i think you just summoned yourself a demon and you're now possessed <laughs> You're never supposed to say the words. <laughs> I know Rachel. <laughs> Rachel Davis can help me. There was an interesting thing too, but at the ending, I read this thing. Someone was at a test screening, and they said uh, at the end, once he becomes the king, somewhere in the in the process, the son Peter rips out his eyeballs. That would have been and creepy. So they ask yeah. in the, in the forum, they say, "Hey, did he? Uh, I saw a test screening. Does he still rip out his eyeballs at the end?" People are like, "What?" No, because there's all this stuff with him with his eyes. Yeah, that's out right. That's stuff, right. And then the that's photo right. with his eyes dug out. Well, maybe the next version behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The three hour. Uh, hey, I want to know everybody's Tim Timebomb scale score, man. All right. Well, Tim had what? Oh, you got to. Yeah. I mean, uh, mine was 83, which is I love it. You, you got to understand. I almost want to abandon my number score to give either old school thumbs up or thumbs down. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times I give a number like an 83 and they're like, you didn't like it? I go, I loved it. Anything yeah. above 80 is go spend your money, right. your friends and your family, or date night, and go to the cinema and buy the popcorn and the, go to the cinema. That's right. 80 above. So that's a highly recommended. 79 is probably Netflix it. And then maybe 50 down, maybe right. not. Now, so it's, it's, like, so, it's so, a scale so I, I within almost, that. Because all my friends always, <laughs> they'll ask me, hey, what's your number? And I'll say, it was, you know, 
87. What was wrong with it? I go, bro, it was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was anything. About, so I almost want to abandon. I get it. I my get it. System and well, just go, you know what? Thumbs up. <laughs> maybe, maybe hereditary thumbs up. <laughs> I'm always, I keep the number to myself. Right. No, I get it because well, maybe, what it made yeah. me do after the movie was like, okay, that's an 80. Then what, Tim? What? Give me a 90. Well, a give me a 90. Is a 97. Right. Yeah. yeah, 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 was it yeah. I, I love hereditary, but was it Jaws? Maybe someday this very talented director will make Jaws. But it's great. It was his first movie, yeah. so yeah, it was. Well, it's an incredible first. Movie. I think maybe abandoned the number only for those types of people. Because what I appreciate about it is because oh, so because we look, look right here now, I could kill my numbers. <laughs> just go thumbs up and thumbs down. No, no, no. I like no, the numbers. No. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like like you know, I take them serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's numbers, man. Come on. It's a scale of intensity <laughs> after eighty. Like eighty, great. I'll go see it in the movie. Right, like right. that, you can make a thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. yeah. But I appreciate the nuance <laughs> of the scale of intensity yes. that right. comes after eighty. Right. Eighty three. Yeah. I can I can temper my expectations. Go see right. it in the theater, but it's not the best movie I've ever seen. Like a Jaws or right. something else. That, you know, anything you've seen recently. When you say a number in the nineties, I take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my only really critique of the film was they could have maybe twenty minutes off. Yeah. But I do love some of the longer takes and the longer scenes. So. Yeah. But. I think it could have been a little shorter. I agree with and that. And that was a 10 point. I think that's, that's you know. That's significant. But yeah. I love it. Okay, Leo, what's your number? 92. Wow. Whoa. Jeez. Whoa. That's the Dutch King Paymon talking. <laughs> before, he, before the incantation, it was an 80. Yeah, when you came in here, it was a 42. <laughs> Something's happening, man. <laughs> about the rain going, going, going. <laughs> yeah, exactly right <laughs> now I know who's paying for dinner it's on King Paymon <laughs> but I get that number it's, it was, that's a good number I mean you know dude I, I seriously went home I fucking had a nightmare that night and Sunday night I had a second nightmare what were your nightmares <laughs> dude seriously just like the movie my nightmares are People I know in situations that don't make any sense. And I'm questioning, like, what are you doing here? Why are you in a wheelchair? What, what's going on? And they're like, what are you talking about? Didn't you hear? This is my life. This is what, and I'm like, fuck, like, it's just so startling. It's like, it's just uneasy because I don't understand what's going on. And that movie from the start to the end, it was so uneasy. Like, there's something very wrong about every scene in that movie. Everything. And, and the first time we all, you know, we all had a little boo crew meeting afterwards and in the, in the lobby. And I took a poll. Like, who knew what was hap- going to happen? No one knew. No one knew what was going, where it was going. No. Right. We just didn't. Yeah. And we could say in, in retrospect, yeah, but we, it did, we didn't know. And you guys have been all seen a lot of movies. And you, you know, it was great storytelling. Yeah. Like, yeah. It took us for a ride. I would say my numbers, eighty-five. Mm, Wow, that's pretty good. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Rachel? I say 82. Oh. Nice. Yep. All right. Austin, you're 87. I'm sticking by 87. And you're just eight. I'm 80. But we're all thumbs up. (laughs) I mean, yeah. 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 All thumbs up. In the theater. In the theater. Definitely. 100%. Yeah, for sure. When you were a child, did they warn you about the boogeyman? You're not going to scare me. It had its own power. The Boogeyman. Now, the most terrifying nightmare of childhood returns. By the time they believe it, it'll be too late. The Boogeyman. Rated R. 
Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio is an entrepreneur who has become an icon in the horror community after starting the brand Local Boogeyman about three years ago. Known for not only their amazing horror-inspired clothing and storefront-slash-hang space, Local Boogeyman's House of Horror here in Los Angeles, but strong ties and relationships within the genre lexicon. People like the Cheneys, Robin Cherry Moon Zombie, are entrusting him with their brands. He also successfully created a culture of his very own, and we'll talk about that and more as we are haunted by the presence of the Boogeyman. <laughs> Welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you for that intro. Hey, man. I've never had an intro like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about your first transformative experience with horror as a genre. When I really started getting into horror was early teenage year. I mean, I when I was a youth, I watched a little bit of old stuff. Really got into it, you know, like freshman year in high school and stuff. One of my best friends is he had an older brother who was in his like 20s or something. So, you know, he had all the horror and metal albums and he can get us beer and everything like that. So <laughs> nice. he's kind of the one that introduced me into that whole world of metal and horror. So what were some of the first movies that you remember seeing that was like, oh, my God. I think with him, I mean, it was Evil Dead. Right. The first one. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. or the first one that really sunk me in. I mean, like I said, when I was a kid, I'd watch like the birds and stuff with my grandma and whatnot. And that, that was creepy and weird. And, but I think like watching stuff like Evil Dead and a lot of the 80s stuff, Return of the Living Dead and stuff like that with that guy was and, and my friends was probably when I really got into it. He had an old like shorty van all blacked out, you know, typical. It was just black inside. He got the carpet. We would just drive around and that he had a TV hooked in there, like a really small TV. And so we would, you know, drive around, he'd have Slayer on and we'd have like the movies on in the back, pull over and drink beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what got me into everything. Wow. And I was probably, yeah, freshman. And I don't know why he's like 21 hanging with us. (laughs) (laughs) I guess TV uh, plugged into the lighter. Either either I grew up quick or he was just not growing up. Right. Where was this? What city? Seattle. Oh, okay. Yeah, from Seattle. Now, were you working on clothing at the time? How did you marry the two things? I mean, I always kind of grew up liking fashion, I guess. More so when I was younger, everything had to be clean. I wanted to like nice shoes and nice jacket, like everything new and clean. And I, I never had money. Like my mom spoiled me, you know, but she, she never had any money. It was just, you know, but she bought me whatever I wanted and just worked hundred hours a week. So, you know, I was always, I wanted like the new Nikes or something, you know, like all that crap. And, and then it gradually, as I started getting into dirtier stuff, like metal and whore and stuff, I wanted to look dirty and keep it dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of like, it just went from clean fashion to dirty fashion, I guess. And were you doing that stuff? Were you ripping up your shirts and, yeah, and I mean, I making always, your own stuff kind of? That's how it started. I, I mean, I always liked old t-shirts just because they were soft and when i'd go to shows band shows or you know fucking print on the worst terrible shirts you know what i mean and i was always i want this shirt but i don't fucking want it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) eventually i just started making my own like if i wanted this design i would just screen it myself Mm -hmm. on a shirt you know i'd find the softest shirt or whatever and just do that for a while and then eventually i was you know, long story short, I was just, I'm going to try to sell one of these. And then, what were some of your early yeah. screens you made? My first shirt I ever made that went out to, to sell was Creepshow. I still have it today and I sell it and it sells like crazy still. It's probably my top seller still. Is that just like the one with the it's word Creepshow? It's one that says Creepshow on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people think it's from the movie. It's not. I mean, honestly, it's more from the old fairs that have the Creepshow rides or whatever. And if you find it, if you look at 
one of the old fair creep show museum uh, rides or whatever it's pretty much the same font that's up on there as a punk rocker you make your own screens and you, you start yeah. off with one color yeah black and then did you graduate to like a two color screen or a three color i didn't it starts getting advanced yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> right. well the thing is when i started screening i had no fucking clue what i was doing i still kind of don't know what i'm doing <laughs> honestly <laughs> and it was always one color right and i still i think most of my shit's still one color would you prefer black shirt white ink or white used, shirt black ink i used to just wear black shirts until probably a few years ago and now i only wear white shirts <laughs> <laughs> i feel i feel really weird when i put a black i want to wear some of my black shirts and i'm like oh this is weird now <laughs> i don't know why but is there a favorite shirt that you've done is the creep show your favorite one or is there one that you were just like this is the most amazing shirt uh -huh. i've made I mean, I don't really like you most know, of my stuff, so I don't wear most of my stuff. You know what I, <laughs> what I find is like, you know, I, I have like a hundred t-shirts. What it really comes down to is what's the most comfortable one. Right. right. Like yeah, yeah. I, I can have my homie shirt. I'm yeah. like, oh, my homie, you know what? But it's this like boxy <laughs> shirt with a big thick ink print. That's uncomfortable. Right. So I would get, yeah. I'll wear a shirt that I might not even be my homie and I might not even love the band a lot. It might not lot. even be, yeah, it might be some. But it's comfy. Like, uh, for instance, <laughs> this was two days ago, actually. I found, I have this secret vintage warehouse spot that I go to get a lot of my blanks if I do like one-off stuff or whatever. And anyways, I found this old true vintage t-shirt that was like, I mean, it's the best, the best worn in thin super soft and it's actually it's a christian shirt <laughs> it, just, it just says christian 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 all the way down and, and, it, and then it says praise god i think that's it just says praise god over it it's fucking amazing <laughs> like, i don't care if it says that. it wow. fits great and and it, i guess it'd be kind of funny if i wear it sure, I'm, yeah. I'm not a jesus it freak yeah it becomes it becomes like a, a popularity contest with yeah. the shirt so i don't like, even care what it says it i got a monster here or i got the yeah. christian shirt this <laughs> well, shirt's comfortable <laughs> Boom! Exactly, you're winner. Exactly. Yeah, I like my my favorite Boogeyman ones that I have are the yeah the retro looking ones, the V necks with the you know stripes on the sleeve oh, and shits yeah, that you yeah. can't find because usually when you go and find horror shirts, it's black boxy like beefy tee yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why because I mean I understand they're cheap to make. You could still find a decent soft shirt. Sure, to yeah. fucking. On that, I, I don't get right. it. You know what I mean? Again, I it's know. one thing I love that you do is that you seem to be the only one in the game making these like soft, comfortable, interesting looking shirts. I you appreciate can get I, it I, distressed. You yeah, can get it, you know. I mean, it is my brand. A lot of people don't know it's really my brand of a t shirt until you know, in, unless you've been a fan for a little while or a customer. You know, it's all made downtown LA. I designed the cut, the sizes the exact material and basically just took one of my old shirts that I had and like went down to the fact uh, manufacturer and was like, I want to recreate this shirt from the stitching to just everything, the feel, wow, the color. They run it through an MRI, just like much. Tim's guitar. <laughs> 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 they do bigger companies down there. I mean, they work with like Jeep Wrangler and Lucky Brand, like big brands. And then I'm like walking in with like ordering let me get a hundred shirts at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got like tens of thousands for the, this other whatever. But. Right, right. They recreate everything. We like they, it's basically like a like a. Well, yeah, they cut and I mean, you order the fucking fabric, cut and sew and dye. Wow. Because you know my like my whites are just just a little off white. Yeah, you know? yeah. Same with the blacks are just like a little, you yeah. know, just to give it a little more of a vintage. Yeah, yeah. Feel. I mean, if you didn't know, like you know, when I learned that they were new, it really caught me off guard because it totally has that vintage feel and yeah. look and everything. Yeah. 
It's I like, try. I mean, I want to give people good shit. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it's like, I mean, we all want money so we can have cool things and do fun stuff. But honestly, like, if I wanted quick, good, like, money, I would be printing on some shit so I can charge half the price that I right. do and just pump it out. But I would never be confident and I would hate myself every day. I feel like I, my shirts could be even better. And there's days where I'm just like, fuck, this is crap. You know, like, I just want better and better. I don't want people... Like, even coming here, bringing you guys stuff today, I'm, like, stressing, like, is this shit good enough to bring them? <laughs> oh, man. Dude. <laughs> I'm serious. It's the best. You it's know? seriously awesome. the best stuff. I kind of look at it, it's really works of art, each of the shirts. Uh-huh. A lot of the stuff that you get, because if you go on the website, you go in the store, you see yeah. uh, Local Boogeyman as a convention, a lot of the shirts are available distressed. Some of them have blood splatters on them. Yeah. There's different paint and things that are put... Seriously, a work of art, each piece. What goes into that? part of it i mean your hand doing each one of those so after it comes from the manufacturer house of, of being cut sewn dyed i take it from there and then i have a screen crew who does you know like the screen printing and stuff and then from there they, it, we just go back to my uh shop whatever the workshop and literally i mean there's me and one other girl my partner mel we fill the orders us two and every shirt that's distressed, we do hand one by one. Where they make my shirts, they can bulk distress. Some brands do, but like, I'd have to be like Nike or something. Like this one looks like yeah. it's like 10, 20 years old right here. Oh, dude, I love that hoodie. I got one of those. Deadlier than Dracula, wilder than Wolfman. And more frightening more than Frankenstein. Frank <laughs> man, that's cool, man. Tim's found his new favorite hoodie right there. It's <laughs> mine right here. <laughs> so when they distress... Same, it, same with the hoodies, too. The hoodies are my own brand, too. I make those. They're, they're, not, they're yeah. nice and thin. Yeah, I love and it's all, and it's awesome. All, it's all pre-strung. If it shrinks, let me know, and I'll go down to the manufacturer and be like, no. <laughs> Dude, that's the other thing. I can put all that stuff in the dryer. They're the only shirts I own yeah. that don't shrink yeah. in the dryer. Like they're 20 years old. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about them. It's like you time travel. You know, 20 years ago, bought a bunch of shit, buried it, and then dug it up 20 years see, later. That's kind of how it but feels. It's not that yeah. good. See, I don't want to take credit for it. It's okay. It's, it's better humble. than humble. Yeah. <laughs> how do you come up with these ideas? Because they're all very creative. They just come to you, or do you just like, Yeah, I mean, most of them. I'm not a great drawer. I mean, some stuff is is things I work with, you know, old monster faces like Family Opera or Wolfman or something that I just use from old stills or something, you know. When I put words together or whatever, a lot of the stuff is just from old vintage movie posters and like ads and flyers and whatever I can find. It's just old horror monster stuff. You know, sometimes I'll draw it, I'll, I'll tweak it myself. Sometimes I'll add like this font from that font and mash it together. Sometimes I'll build a monster face where it's like six other monster faces together. You know what I mean? I mean, that's my way of drawing shit or putting it together, you know? That's cool. Um, Do you have a favorite monster? Creature? From the black yeah, gun. nice. I mean, I know that's probably typical. Nah, but he's cool. Future's cool. Universal, He's the most yeah. uh, out of my collection. I start to collect the most creature stuff. Yeah. Creature yeah. and Michael Myers, those two. Yeah, yeah. would be. Mm-hmm. I think in your shop you have a great one. Like when you first walk in on the wall. Oh, the uh, uh, painted on the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's awesome. Are you excited about the new Halloween movie? Yes and no. I don't know anything about it. I mean, I know like a few of the people that are part of it or whatever i don't want to read anything or like watch a trailer and i don't like doing that in period for movies but yeah 
I think it will be good. I mean, I don't even like to watch trailers anymore. Yeah, I like don't when they either. come up, when they come up, I will like close my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, I'll go get popcorn. Yeah, yeah dude. Because yeah. soon as they went, you see the third act, man. Yeah, like yeah. you know the whole movie sometimes. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, and you know, even through high school, or whatever, I I go to movie theaters, and I would want to be early just so I can see right. what's coming later. Yeah. yeah. Now right. I'm like, no, I don't like. I finally went to see A Quiet Place right before it yeah. ended in the okay. theaters or whatever and they started th- showing the trailers and I just like literally I like plugged my ears and was like humming with a quiet place not only did I not see the trailer or refuse to see the trailer I knew nothing about like yeah. people would talk about it I, I didn't want to know about it same with all. me and Lauren and, yeah, I, it, and I freaking loved it that was great because I didn't know what was going to happen exactly yeah. that's the best way to see a movie man speaking of movies do you know the history of the location of your shop my actual shop yeah no <laughs> so bad. see I, I grew up like maybe five blocks east of there i mean i know it was an old tattoo shop so right around the corner where your shop is right 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 around the corner there used to be a movie theater used uh to be called studio one Uh old school grindhouse that's where i grew up that's where i saw texas chainsaw massacre 2 on on, uh, on sunset on sunset okay yep i saw texas chainsaw massacre 2 i saw halloween 2 where where the mohawk ben was right is yep is that that's what it was yep okay yeah Yeah. yeah. and did were you here that's what and they also that street right there is where they filmed Drag me to hell. Yep, that's right. That scene yep. where the the psychic, right? Yeah. yeah, they go to the psychic, and he tells her she's in trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is the psychic shop where his store is? He's is right it? by it, I think. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't. I don't go anywhere. I stay in my shop and then I go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's changed a lot, man. But yeah, a lot of history there. A lot of horror history yeah. for me. That's cool. Because that's where I grew up. You know, walking eight blocks at movie that's theater. Cool. Go catch a movie. You get a double feature. Get a well, grindhouse you, movie. So and, you grew nice. up in Echo Park. Yep. Or, Okay. Yeah. So, so then, I mean, it's insanely different. Now. Oh yeah. You know. I mean, a lot of it's still the same, right? Because a lot of these old Victorian homes and stuff, you are know, still they're there, still but there, but the businesses are gone. But you can walk you know? down the street now and not get shot. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct, yes, sir. That is correct. That, yeah, yeah. As a friend of mine put it, where there used to be gunshots, there's now valet parking. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have valet at the House of Horses. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Munsters coach comes by, yeah. and uh, yeah. as soon as I can like get enough money to buy that guy, then I'll valet. <laughs> so I know you're doing an Elvira line. Uh-huh. How much say does she have in it? Like, how do you guys collaborate and make? A um, whole line. I mean, most collabs that I do, doing some uh, with Vincent Price as well. Yeah. And then I've been doing stuff with the Cheney family and Rob and, nice. and a couple other people. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome too. I mean, I don't want to, like, anybody could kind of get a hold of people and get licensing and rights and stuff like that. I'm not, it's pretty cool to me to be able to use this stuff with people that I've, monsters that I've loved and movies that I've been fan of forever and now i get to use for my brand or whatever for most of it i get pretty i'm just kind of like i can kind of free range i could do what i want with it get somewhat of an approval and then go with it and they also know my style too which is going to be a little more grungy punk rock than if you went to like fucking disneyland or something (laughs) (laughs) like i always hated like you know it's not gonna if i do a elvira or a fan of the opera shirt or something i'm not gonna like a lot of those companies put like the they don't have any creative side they just put the the poster on the shirt yeah right you know, yeah. it has like the face and the title of the movie and i'm just like that's too much shit just put the face or just put the word or just put like something simple elvira's got a yeah. cool face and i love her hair she's yeah. fun yeah. i draw she's yeah. fun to draw yeah yeah i like to draw yeah. lily monster mm-hmm. yeah lily's my uh, number one vampira 
Yeah. And uh, Morticia's cool too. Yeah, I do Vampira. Mm-hmm. We have some Vampira stuff uh, licensing through her. Yeah, oh, she's nice. great. She's I wish I could cool. do the Monsters. I haven't <clears throat> been able to get rights for that yet, but. Lily Munster, yeah. she's cool. Lily yeah. Munster's my ultimate. She can uh, sing, you know that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a singer. You yeah. going to Carla? Yeah. Oh. Well, now, now I love her even more. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's always been my, like, number one WCW woman. <laughs> <laughs> she, she sings in the uh, the Beatnik episode. Right? Oh, yeah? yeah? I gotta look that up. Yeah. So besides the Munsters, are there any other licenses that are your dream to secure? I wanted Texas Chainsaw, of course. They do too many t-shirt brands already that mm-hmm. like oh, maybe in the future what would that would have been through the studios or through toby hooper we went through him my partner mel she handles a lot of the more business side of things because right. i'm an idiot ultimately but because <laughs> i'll write i'll write a professional email and it sound like how i'm texting or talking and she'll put it together more wordly <laughs> <laughs> i was like hey can i use the fucking rights to your <laughs> And honestly, like, I don't want my plan with my brand was never to like, I don't want to become a, a, like a merch brand. Like I don't want all other people's stuff. Ultimately, I just want it to be my own boogeyman brand and like add a few, like it's been great working with Rob Zombie and you know, the Cheney and, and a few other, I don't want to get overpower my own local boogeyman brand. Tell us about how Rob Zombie discovered your work. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. Cause I've been a fucking fan of his forever. Right. You know, back in since growing up and we had a bunch of mutual friends for many years and then just slowly i got a relationships with some of his bandmates you know matt piggy d we became friends and then he just moved on you know and then and then rob eventually he probably just he saw all those guys wearing my shirts and other friends of ours and just finally probably just popped in his head like oh shit let's make some cool shit together uh which was rad because i actually never ever went to him with an idea or like i never approached him to want to make some shirts with him like of course i'd want to like who you know but i'm kind of glad i didn't because i'm sure a million people out there have tried to like oh i'm sure pitch i think ideas for movies or shirts or whatever and it's just like i don't want to hear another one so it's kind of I'm glad my patience didn't do that. Right. I have very little patience, but somehow I did with that. And then what about in the uh, situation of the Cheney family? I think I just met Jacqueline Cheney, who she's like three generations. From oh, wow. Lon Cheney Jr., mm. two or three. I, can't. I met her, I don't know, a couple of years back at probably Monster Palooza or one of those events and just hit it off and then started making stuff. Like with them and with Rob, and it's pretty laid back on what we make. And like, it's like, I could just come up with an idea tonight and be like, this is cool. This looks rad. Let's do it. And show them. They're like, oh, that looks cool. Like, you know what you're doing, you know? And then there's more, you know, and then there's, you know, like Elvira and them that wanted a little more professional, which is totally fine too. That's great. So it's just kind of a mix. But it doesn't sound like you get much pushback. No, not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's cool because it sounds like they're really approaching you more as an artist as opposed to... Unless it's like a complete design that other brands already do or something, like then maybe they'll say something or whatever. And definitely with the Rob's thing, we just fucking do what we want. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, And a lot of that stuff is kind of, you know, we keep it to a low quantity. So, you know, it's like... We won't just make 10,000 of this design. We'll make, you know, we'll keep it to like a thousand or something short. You know, even if the demand gets higher than that, we'll stop it, you know. So it's not like a Target brand where just a million people are going to have a shirt. And that's where like the money thing comes in. Like, I mean, yeah, I can make more money if I sell more, I guess. But I want people to also have something that's kind of limited or something special on some level. And what about the path of getting to the point where you open your own store? There was no plans for that either. 
I had no plans for any of this. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a plan for a retail shop. I just needed a, a workspace because my I was outgrowing my basement. And so I was just looking like a normal warehouse for the longest. Being here in LA, that's fucking hard to find like a, a mini warehouse sure. for, for cheap or whatever. That store just had opened up. My buddy owns the record store next door to me. So I was always there. And then there was a tattoo shop next to him. You know, the dude was there on 20, 30 years or something. And he was just, he was leaving. And so I jumped on it because it was pretty much the same price as a warehouse. So I was like, fuck it. I can have my workshop in the back and just open up a little retail in the front. It's worked out great so far. It's nice. awesome. And it's actually way better because then I'm not going to make any money from the warehouse. So if I could right. just, it's like just paying for itself right. to have a warehouse, you know, or yeah. workshop or whatever. Prime spot right there on Sunday, man. I know, yeah. it's crazy. You can't yeah, beat that. Yeah. I know. And what are your hours? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to get shit for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be open <laughs> from 12 to 7 every day except Tuesday. We, I don't know why. We, we just decided Tuesday was our day off. <laughs> That's random. I think because we want to be different because everybody on Monday's off so we want a Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> and so so that's really at 12 to 7 um, usually they're at 12 I usually leave a little early it's terrible I know it's bad business I, I, I'm sorry to all those people who have come <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be like that all the 6.30 shoppers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but then again maybe it is their fault don't come at 6.30 do you uh, live upstairs? no that would be kind of cool, cool I guess that would be cool <laughs> no I lived upstairs in my shop for many years right. that's why I moved no but I live like 10 minutes away how important is it to make local boogeyman the brand into a culture? Because that's kind of what you've done whenever you release something new. It's more of an event, you know, yeah. and there's thought that goes into the photo shoots that display the new stuff. There's girls wearing pumpkins on their heads, people laying in bathtubs, like every single shirt when it's released has like a really creative rollout. How important is that to you? I feel like I'm slacking a lot on that, you know, really like not putting good material out there and that's just part of me just thinking everything i do sucks anyway. <laughs> i don't know i just i mean it's a weird i don't know how to answer like i feel like it's just a t-shirt brand i don't know how i like i'm creating a like what'd you say like a, a like a culture a culture yeah I, it really yeah. is i mean people are sharing the the pictures of the models that you're choosing yeah, wearing the like, gear I don't know and how, it's i don't know it's just it's just been me like this is just me i just put it out there some like even my friends are amazed like how does this blown up so fast right. yeah. <laughs> well people are doing knockoffs of and, your stuff even and i'm an <laughs> ultimate, like i didn't fucking i didn't i barely even graduated high school and wow. i shouldn't have you know and like i was a fucking drunk for many many years and then all of a sudden i just like start making a t-shirt and it works <laughs> i mean like i do it with love obviously I'm, I'm making you know something of good quality for you guys but i mean it's pretty cool i wouldn't trade it for anything i wouldn't you know trade it for that desk job to make hundred million dollars a year or whatever. Right, right. Um, it's fun. I mean, you know, I could come here and do this and not worry about like, can I get this day off so I can go on the you know? <laughs> Exactly, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then I get to work with heroes of mine and, and people that I've looked up to. And What other projects do you have that are coming out that you can talk about as far as the lines go or people you're working um, with? And well, outside of like the, well, for lines, we have uh, Elvira, Vincent Price, uh, Alice Cooper stuff coming out. And just always working on whatever else we can get. But like I said, I, I want to keep that to a minimum. And just, uh, at least half of my brand is my own designs and own local boogeyman brand. 
Outside of that, like, there's a lot of other alter egos of mine that I want to get into. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much because I don't want people out there stealing ideas. <laughs> it's Is it still kinda... like within the horror realm or are you expanding? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to start doing more video shoots and ultimately get into, I'd love to do like a reboot of like the Twilight Zone type where a different episode, a different story every, you know, episode or whatever and. I don't know. Like, it's same thing with the t-shirt shit. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and it blew up, so why not just make it TV like, and see what the fuck happens? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. If it works, it works. If it done, it was fun. So I kind of like, I just hired somebody new so that they can start doing the shop stuff so I can get out of my head and start creating more outside of just the t-shirts. So I'm going to start so, doing so shorts. So like, like stories. Stuff. Yeah, I'm going to start doing a bunch of like little short five, ten minute videos. Cool. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to do, I'm getting ready to shoot like a funny Bigfoot little teaser ad campaign thing. Just for <laughs> nice. fun. Cool. Yeah. So basically like little short films. Yeah, pretty much. That's cool. Short oh. horror films. And you know, if, yeah. it, if it works, it works. There's a whole separate clothing line that I want to get into. Lederhosen? Is it Lederhosen? <laughs> <laughs> it's, more, it's more of a, a middle-aged Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Margaritaville. Yeah, Parrothead stuff. Hawaiian shirts. And with that them. is the truth. That's my alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> I picture myself down on the beach in Hawaii. I don't drink, but I got the margarita right there. <laughs> you know, so you got to listen to Jimmy Buffett. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Dad, like, you know, dad humor. Dad, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, I, I should. That's that's more me than fucking monsters. I tell you what. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But, that's just one. I don't know. That's one line i want to get into not in like the cheesy like stupid beer t-shirts that you see but like right come up with a cool there's way something, there's something that's a lot cooler that that will be coming soon that's nice but it's that's, probably it's gonna yeah. be a totally different like it's not gonna reach this crowd probably. right 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 we never know there's a lot of closet know. buffett heads out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know like there's a lot of closet uh justin bieber fans out there there's <laughs> a few but right one, there yeah <laughs> i'll be the first one to admit it i'm a fan <laughs> don't, don't hide yourself come on <laughs> <laughs> so into the Bieber boogie I wish line was, coming I wish out. This was just a forty-minute video, and I could just dance to some. Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you guys would all have to leave, so it's just me and. <laughs> I would love to fucking make a movie someday. You know, I have no clue how to work a camera or anything like that. But I guess people have told me you don't need to. No, you got. There's other people who do the, that. Yeah. yeah, As long as you have the idea, maybe, and some kind of a vision or a story. I've <laughs> totally. A million different parts. I don't know. Yeah. So that would be a dream to actually, you know, make a movie. What kind of movie write, would it be? It, would it be it. like a sci-fi? Yeah, it'd be. It, it would be a '80s horror oh, yeah. type vibe. You know, probably. I don't know. That's some, but, but, but more of a, like a sexploitation horror uh, like, <laughs> even better really like <laughs> biker sexploitation horror like that kind of whole vibe or whatever nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm also into motorcycles so that's like a whole oh there you go man and then make it like a icon and then do it like a uh, recurring yeah. franchise make it a franchise exactly yeah there you go exactly. like those like those richard rush movies yeah. yeah yeah that'd be cool i did i just did a bunch of wardrobe stuff on rob's three from hell oh, oh cool. Nice. cool like that was super rad to at least get my 
put into some kind of film work. You, like, know? you did some of the promo t-shirts, right? Yeah, we just, are, I mean, so sold far, out or so far we just did a three from hell logo shirt or whatever and just, you know, cover, but we'll, we'll do a lot of uh really cool three from hell stuff. Nice, like, man. You know, towards Very cool. Later this year or whatever. So you actually did some wardrobe for the film. Yeah. Yeah. And not just like, I, I did a bunch of like the shirts that are, that will be featured in there. Like, you know, that'll like babies wearing sure. Otis, like they're all wearing like, dude, that's you know, awesome. That's cool, man. That's super cool. Yeah. There's, that they, is they cool. came out really cool. And then I did a bunch of other wardrobe stuff, not t-shirt related, more like, you know, because, you know, his, all his movies are 70s vibes. So yeah. Did a, that's another whole side of me. I, I love just vintage clothes outside of just the t-shirts or whatever. So I just helped out with those kind of looks and old shirts and denim and all this, whatever, just found and put together stuff. Did you get to go on set? Was that your first time on a... Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been on set a lot. I've done like PA work and background and all that kind oh, of shit back, right. you know, but... Yeah, I was on set as much as I could be. I would have been there every day if I didn't want to seem like I was in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm there for a couple hours because I'm not really doing anything. Like right. I'm not. I'm just there watching and kind of like so. Like everybody else that's running around lifting shit, I'm just standing there. <laughs> like I feel like I should be doing something. Uh, yeah, it was super cool. Back watching like Devil's Rejects, fucking one back in I don't know a dozen years ago. I wouldn't imagine I was be working on this one. Yeah, know? and they're yeah, wearing your shit cool. too, man. Yeah, that's, that's insane, like, that's, man. That's, that's a dream, man. That's a dream right there. <laughs> Halloween's coming. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any plans for for you for Halloween? Are um, you a Halloween fan? Because I know uh, we all I, like Halloween here. I hate Halloween. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shops closed on Halloween. <laughs> last last year we I had a joke with it, with my partner about let's just close for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only like, day what, you're is close. It, what does it matter you know? <laughs> so maybe we'll be closed this year well, yeah it's falls on a Tuesday right <laughs> well, we, well no we weren't open right. on Halloween last year I don't think and everybody's partying right I, yeah, yeah actually I went to Universal Studios on Halloween I think and that's it was a good time to great. go it's that's usually what, dead that's on what I heard it, it was it was pretty fucking dead yeah. for my shop I'm gonna remodel it soon and like I said just turn it mostly into like a walk through haunted house maze kind of thing it'll be done sometime in September so oh, run, you know, I'll be able to run through Halloween and then I'll kind of keep it the same but turn it more Christmas vibe so it'll just run through after Haunted Halloween, Christmas maze. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Do you like going to mazes? Do I you, love it do yeah. you have a favorite? I mean I go to Universal Horror Nights every year you know that's one i for sure go to a lot of the other smaller ones there's the griffith park uh what's it called haunted hayride yeah. Hay yeah. yeah that was always yeah. it was cool yeah. it's a cool yeah, one, a good one. yeah i mean when i was a kid and stuff i'd go to a bunch outside of seattle and go to the pumpkin patch and all those yeah. little things and that was great i've thought about doing like a boogeyman pumpkin patch one year and then do like the christmas tree lot just like I grew yeah. up, I had, my dad did a Christmas tree lot for a few years when I was a kid, and I, that was like the coolest thing for me. <laughs> and it was creepy at the same time. It was late night, I'm like running through the trees. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I always thought it'd be kind of fun to do that one year, you know. Reenacting the Shining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one maze I did years ago with me and my best friend, the, the, the two girls we were seeing at the time, were, they didn't want to go in. So me and him went in, and it was, they just put a bag over your head. And you have to walk through it so you don't see oh, anything. Geez. And it's a maze. And, you know, like, I was scared shitless. And it was yeah. us two. It was us two dudes. And we're fucking holding each other. <laughs> the whole way through. It. What was it? What was that? Do you remember what it's called? I don't remember where it was. Was there stuff happening? Or was it just it, it was like some, an actual yeah, some people, maze? Some with... people, you could feel them, like, coming close oh, to you okay. or whatever. 
And it was pitch black in there already, and then you put a, oh, put, a put like a sack over your head. Yeah. So even if you try to peek, it's you still can't really see. You're going through the walls or whatever, but and you, you're just like bumping your way through. Yeah. You don't really know where you are. But Oscar, it's pretty it, freaky. It sounds like a funny. like a broke ass maze where pretty they're much. like, oh, fuck, we don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> they're really just a heads. circle yeah. or something, right? <laughs> we don't have any decorations <laughs> or nothing. It's genius. It's Steve, Steve forgot right. all the decorations. Yeah. Just put bags over their heads. That's what it sounds like, and it's the most creepiest one. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy but yeah but they they got like scare actors and stuff on top yeah. of that yeah that sounds freaky just so. ones that would kind of like come right by your ear or oh. something and just wow like fucking terrifying I love that <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great we were, we were hugging each other the whole way through <laughs> <laughs> and then we walk out and the girls are like how what and we're like oh, I was totally <laughs> did they do it did the girls do no, it no of course no, not. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, you guys should go in and hug each other <laughs> just because you you're in like in a historic area or uh, shop i was just wondering have you had any ghost experiences or paranormal um, no but my partner mel mcphail she's my uh other half business partner half she supposedly has like uh the front door swings open all the time on her it's never happened to me um i don't know i don't think there's any ghosts there <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a ghost. Um, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I do. There's something about, and that's one genre of movies I don't really watch. I don't watch a lot of that paranormal shit. Only because it fucking freaks me out. And I don't know if I grew up Catholic and I grew up, you know, I went to private school and stuff like that. And I don't know if something if it has a connection with Jesus or something. And it just freaks me out. Um, it's a little too real, huh? I, like, I, yeah. <laughs> I feel it inside me like it's yeah, yeah. something that could like, possibly happen right it's like you know no one said it can happen <laughs> and right? I, be I believe it's out there like I believe in all the energy and all that kind of shit um, yeah. I don't want to be at home and see a ghost right. <laughs> <laughs> as, as much as it would be maybe cool just to stamp like oh it's real okay but then no I'll be right. scared <laughs> well now we know what scares the boogeyman right. <laughs> uh, do you ever think about having music there or Ooh, maybe or, or movie nights yeah at your, at your I, I would yeah. it's just it's small I mean it's not like a huge shop I would love to like, you know but it's just unless I get something bigger isn't really mm. no room Cosmic Vinyl the record store right next to me their store he has a pull down screen and we've done like dual parties or whatever oh, that's cool so we'll like like friday 13 or halloween or something we'll mm. project the movie there and then we'll use my like places like the music and food area and then that's cool just go back and forth or and you could do like collab events yes you yeah. know like branded yeah. events yeah. like yeah. You know. that's what we i mean we've done that i've only been at this place for you know 10 months or something but all last year for through Halloween and Christmas, we did parties together. Nice. That sounds fun. Boogeyman block party. Yeah. 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 We go to like these single screen theaters, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever collab with the uh, Sugarman Gallery? That's the first time I saw your merch is at their shop. Okay, really? Yeah, it's surprising. A lot of people have seen my stuff there. And at first I was just like, that's weird out of all the places. But then I guess it makes sense because it's right next door to the Michael Myers house. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess a lot of people just go there. Yep. Yeah, they're great. I'm going to put some more shirts over there for Halloween time or whatever because they always do a boogeyman Michael Myers crazy 30 days yeah whatever, it's a fun you know, party there man you know, yeah I go, I go every year it's really cool that the house is next door too you know, yeah, right? yeah. I snuck in the I don't know months ago or six months ago and it's all like offices now. Yeah, it's people, good. yeah. Doctor's people, office. I don't need a doctor's or... office, dentist, whatever. <laughs> right. And like, and half of them are fucking annoyed that people want to come by and see the house. I'm like, that kind of sucks. Really? Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. And so, but I, I went in and like put the Michael Myers mask on and like 
had my friend video like me like remaking like walking down the staircase (laughs) (laughs) but then we hear like somebody like dennis assistant walk out or something and look Uh. and i just like freeze because <laughs> I, I have like the whole Michael Myers suit on, you know, with a knife, like come downstairs. <laughs> and she's probably she just shakes her head, <laughs> not scared at all. <laughs> what has happened to that house? And then have you been to the Strode House, uh-uh, just never, down the street from there? I've never been. It's like a walk down the street, yeah, and yeah. they have um, the family who lives there. Or on the opposite side of that, they put out pumpkins for right, you to right, go and right. grab and do recreate well, it's the over scene. By the, uh, where he peeped through the bush or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Around there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, see, I'm an Indian. I don't know words, but <laughs> 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 the bush, the bush fence thing, <laughs> the hedge, hedge. Yeah, the hedge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny when we went to the Sugarman Gallery for the first time. It was for the Halloween art show, mm-hmm. and they were wearing boogeyman shirts when we went in to say hi. The, Sarah, Sarah was there. Yeah, Sarah's always in it. Yeah, yeah and she's Sarah. got all your stuff. Yeah, hanging up yep. in the store. And yeah, if I know awesome. you and you're not wearing one of my shirts, then <laughs> <laughs> I get pissed. I'm like, what is that? What are you not going to wear? One? <laughs> <laughs> Even my partner was like, wearing. She comes to work with something else. I'm like, what the fuck is? That? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, especially if you're going to work in the store. Come on, come on. No, just kidding. <laughs> I don't awesome. even wear most of my shit. That's crazy. Well, I mean, I do. I wear like if. Like I said, I'm a t-shirt fiend, so I mean, like, you know, I got thousands of shirts, and yeah. it's like, but I'm so weird with it, where I'll wear, like, three of them. That's it, for, you know, for <laughs> a year, yeah, and right. then, you know, maybe next year I'll, like, find a different three. Like, even coming here, I might put on, like, five other shirts, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna wear the same dirty one that I just fucking Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> Have and you I, ever screened yourself, just, like, one, a one-off shirt, just always, for yourself? Yeah, always, always. Yeah? And, and most of the time when I wear it, people think it gonna be for sale or something yeah. i know That's i mean this is right here yeah one of one it's <laughs> <laughs> better still, than that <laughs> my, my my screen printing setup that i have in my garage it's just a one press the most shittiest it's broken it doesn't even you got to hold the screen on, right? I, I use like dumbbells and shit. <laughs> wow. and that, it's still the screen. That's the one I started with. That's the only one I ever used until I started having a screen crew screen for me. And I would do one at a time by myself and then dry it or whatever. I don't even think the ink I was using to begin with was right or fucking <laughs> nothing was right. You know? Yeah, that's cool. Though. That's you know? what it's all about. But that's what it's yeah. about, I guess, you know. But I still use I still use that when I do one-offs at home or if I make myself a different shirt or friend or whatever. Well, Dude, thank you so much for joining us tonight, oh, thank man. You. I'll tell the boogeyman to get you when you're in the dark by yourself. Oh, no, Dorothy. Please don't tell the boogeyman. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 18. Special thanks to our guest, Local Boogeyman. Follow him at Great White Grizzly on Instagram, localboogeyman.com, for all your cool horror clothes, sweet screams. <laughs> Going out to Heather Tucker, Kevin Scott, our gifted and talented friends, Mindy Pedrick and Pat McGee, Amanda Johnson, for writing a killer review for us. That was so nice of you. If you're liking what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, rate and write us a quick review of what you think. It keeps the show going and growing. We appreciate it so much. Don't forget to check us out at Midsummer Scream, July 28th and 29th. If you are in the LA area at Long Beach, tickets and info at MidsummerScream.org. This is Trev for the Boo Crew saying see you on the other side. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. It's time for this boogeyman to boogie.